Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Jeremy Hurgen from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. Hey, we did it once. We got the We intro. did it once, right? Right hey, once? Yes. Something like that? We did it. Yeah. Yeah, we We're did here. it. We're here. We did it. Yay, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Rob has gotten sleep yeah. tonight, so, so this is going to be an interesting. You guys might get some good information tonight. Yeah, or <laughs> or none. No, or no good information. That. That's not true whatsoever. This we don't be, know yet. This will be a great episode. I'm actually very accept, accepted, excited. I haven't gotten enough sleep. Yeah, that it's been flip flop now. It has been flip flop. I am actually very excited for this episode because the topic tonight we're going to be talking about shipping reptiles and exotics, shipping. which is very important and kind of I don't know if it's controversial because. With all the uh, regulations that have been going on recently, uh, there's the potential that we might not be able to ship things to certain places in the future. So yeah, that's something that we're a little bit we're keeping our eye on because oh boy, man, it's just it it gets complicated. Yes, it would definitely be a, a huge um, a huge issue if some of this stuff actually actually happened. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but shipping shipping snakes. Why do we ship snakes, Rob? So you don't have to drive all the way to California to get a snake that somebody's got for sale. This is true. <laughs> that is exactly why. <laughs> I mean, it definitely opens up the uh, the possibilities for you to get animals for you know certain projects if you're a morph person, certain species that you might not have access to. But you know, shipping reptiles has been done for a really long time. I mean, I've been shipping reptiles since I was. 19 years old 18 or 19 years old and tarantulas too and it's something that uh the longer you do it for the easier it gets because like, sure. the, your first package that you send out you're gonna be stressed oh i'm just gonna level time. with you you're gonna be chewing your fingernails off yeah you're gonna be sweating bullets you might uh have a, a you know irritable bowel syndrome oof for the night just for the night just for the night um, it's, it's, that might just be for shipping tarantulas. All of I've it. Never, I've never experienced <laughs> irritable bowel syndrome shipping reptiles. What it comes down to is that it's very stressful. <laughs> it to is ship very stressful. Out your first one, two, ten, fifty, hundred, maybe. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think um, we often hear a lot of the uh, the horror stories of shipping and you know i mean it things do happen you know animals either getting lost in transit or um arriving doa for for one reason or another you know a bunch of these different things can uh, can happen the reality is the vast majority of shipments go according to plan i mean I would, if you had asked me this a year ago, I would have been like, absolutely. Vast majority shipments go according to plan. And then with COVID and all the crazy stuff going on with FedEx right now, I've seen more things happen in the last eight months than I have in the last 15 years of shipping things. But it is, in general, it is much safer to ship now than it has been. Than it has been in the past, yeah. Um. Yeah, so there, there's um, there's also a bunch of different places you can get uh, your shipping supplies from. There's a bunch of different wonderful uh, third-party sites that you can uh, process your shipments through. Um, it used to be, before any of that existed, do you remember when you had to ship by yourself? Yes. You had to create the FedEx account. Goodness. I remember I having to... UPS. Oh, you shipped UPS. Oh, yeah. So you, you were... school. Yeah. Uh, I remember setting up my FedEx account and you had to ship the test package and get the approval before you could get your account with FedEx. Uh, and then after you did that, you were then a certified certified approved shipper shipper. And that was like the thing, like, are you certified to ship those animals? 
Like, yes, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> I think that for my first several shipments, I was not certified. And I was just like, I could do it. <laughs> I'll just do it. <laughs> and uh, my first experience shipping reptiles was when I was like 13, which is like, I would not, the way that it happened. Oh boy, it was not how I would do it today. Um, <laughs> but it was during the middle of the summertime. I was uh, shipping a garter snake to somebody. And what I had done was, I was like, I don't know how to ship a reptile. And he's like, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take a pillowcase. <laughs> you put the snake in the pillowcase. Take a little bit of crumpled paper. Put it in the pillowcase. Tie the pillowcase or zip tie. It would be better. <laughs> he's like, what you're going to do is take some more crumpled paper. Put it into a box that you get from the post office. Mm-hmm. Put the pillowcase in the box. More crumpled paper on top. And yes. then you are going to bring it to the post office. And oh, let me preface this. Do not ship animals through the U.S. Post Office. Yeah, uh, no, US don't do that. Service. It's illegal. Don't do that. Um, you, can, you can do bugs through USPS, but you cannot do uh, spider snakes. I don't think you could do lizards either. Um, so don't do this. This was this was a very long time ago. And he was like, so bring it to the post office. Bring the box already taped up. Don't let them look inside. Tell them that you're shipping a hat and you need to ship it next day mail. And I was like, oh, okay. How much is that going to cost? And he's like, it's going to be like 30 bucks. And like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, so we like got like a decent sized box and everything they end up costing us like $60 to ship it or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and shipped it next day mail. He got it the next day, called us on the phone because they didn't have text messaging or really not great email <laughs> back then. That. And he was like, it came in. The thing's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and, <laughs> and that was my first time ever shipping a reptile. And then there was a huge gap where I didn't ship anything because I was still a child. Like I shouldn't have shipped that snake. I don't know what I was doing, um, but it did get there safe. All that's things considered, that's what matters. I have also seen all like we've gotten a lot of shipments at Nerd, mm-hmm. and I've seen people ship things every way that you could possibly think of. Lots of ways that you're not not at all supposed to to ship yeah. snakes before. We have literally had somebody take one of those like flat like flat rate boxes, one of the ones that's like meant for books, <laughs> and literally just take the snake in a bag and put it inside of that and ship it like that. Oof, yeah. It came alive and I was amazed because I was like, there is no way that the- I saw the box come in and they were like, oh, here you go. This is your next day shipment. And I was like, it's supposed to be a live animal. And they're like, you can't ship live animals through USPS. And I was like, I know. And <laughs> it was oof. just I was oof, it was bad. I was just expecting the worst. And the snake was alive. And I was like amazed. Well, would you not look at what that? I was expecting? Yeah, yeah. these animals are, are pretty durable, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that uh, it's like super, super fragile. And there are more species or there are some species that are more fragile to ship than others. But a lot of these animals are very rugged yeah. when it comes to the process. Yeah, no, it's, it's very true. I, I think personally, I mean, I've shipped out hundreds of animals personally, and, and I think I've I've only had two two issues two or three issues personally and um two of them involved packages getting delayed mm-hmm. um one of those was recently um which is always stressful that yes. is probably the most stressful thing because you're like that animal was perfectly fine in the box it's still probably perfectly fine but if we can't get it to its destination it's not going to be fine mm-hmm. and that's that's when you're like under under the pressure of like this animal needs to either be at the desired hub or get to the customer's house whichever you're doing um and it needs to get there asap so i've had plenty of times where i've you know been on the phone very angrily at uh at up at uh, fedex excuse me um trying to get it <clears throat> trying to get the package to where it needs to go i only ever had one issue many many years ago um when an animal arrived doa <coughs> excuse me and um it was literally just because the uh the heat pack that i had secured to the top of the box had uh gotten jostled Mm -hmm. and ended up going right on top Mm. of a container that like a little baby corn snake was in and um you know that that 
situation again this was like years ago but that situation was literally like absolute best case scenario as far as customer interaction because it's it's always like something like that happens and then of course you've got to you're, you're dealing with that customer and you're like you know oh my gosh i'm so sorry this happened you know here are the options here's how we can go through this and sometimes you you get an irate person that's like i spent money on this and now it's dead and blah 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 and um i remember i explained to the customer you know i can send you your money back you know for that animal you know no no problem um i was like your other option is because uh, he, he still wanted one of those i think it was like a butter corn combo or whatever and i was like i'm out for the season yeah. you know so i was like your other your other option is you wait till next year and I make more. And, uh, and he was like, okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, for, for real, like, you don't just want the $45 back or whatever, you know, whatever it was. And he was like, no, no, I'll just wait until next year. So I was like, put his name on a freaking on my whiteboard in my room and Surasek next year, pop one out was the right sex. Boop. There you go. And, uh, that was literally like best case, yeah. scenario and in, in a situation like that and of course it's always frustrating to have the animal perish in, during shipment but um the next level of that struggle is dealing with and interfacing with that customer who's also probably disappointed and hopefully not irate yeah. at the situation yeah and we should probably start from like uh what are some good services to use when it comes to shipping reptiles because a lot of people uh, might not know where to start and kind of like the the gold standard right now for shipping in the united states mm-hmm. would be using a company like ship your reptiles where they get you a discount on the shipping rate through fedex um, they handle if there's any issues they'll give you insurance on the package you know barring any you know abnormalities going on around the country um, but they'll give you uh, you know some sort of money back guarantee if something goes wrong they offer you know pretty stringent um uh, accessibility when it comes to what time your package will get delivered they you know they handle just about everything yeah Um, ship your reptiles is kind of the one that i use and i have been using since i was well however old 18 years old or whatever (laughs) yeah and um they they run through fedex but there's also things like uh, reptiles to you. There's also like reptile runner, which I think mm-hmm. they run international. I think so. Uh, yeah. For like Canada and, and potentially Europe as well. Um, but find one that works for you. I have not used those other those other services personally, but I know a lot of people who do. So you kind of got to find whatever one works for you. And then UPS, you can still ship like lizards, frogs, um, turtles. Anything that's not snakes. Anything that's not snakes, or or I think I don't think you can ship um, tarantulas or scorpions through them because they're Mm. venomous. Um, But uh, FedEx is kind of the standard. There was a big situation with UPS uh, many years ago where someone, I believe it was someone, had shipped a false water cobra and something went wrong with the box the box got wet or like something ha- like it got damaged and they looked at the box and it said cobra on it and fedex or sorry ups started losing their, their mind. mind because they were like cobra 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 because everyone you know the general public has heard the word cobra before uh even though it was a harmless cobra uh, you know air quotes uh, they still lost their mind and they were like, we need to reorganize everything that we're doing. You can't have snakes. And so that kind of like ruined uh, the UPS, the, the, the UPS train. Yeah. train. That, that's what my understanding is. If that's not the actual case, I'm sorry for anyone who, but that's what I've heard down the line is the thing that kind of nixed UPS being able to, to use for shipping snakes at least. Yeah. And then FedEx has kind of been the, the step in. They have been doing it since then. It's been over, 10 years that easily that's yeah. been like that so um and then also you when you're shipping a live animal you want to make sure that you're using a styrofoam insulated box mm-hmm. appropriately sized uh you want it to be kind of snug but you don't want it to be too small especially if you're using a heat pack or something like that for this the winter time because we are kind of right on the end of winter time right now we're oh my goodness what month are we in we're in, we're in april, april. April 2021. It's still kind of winter for, for us in the in the Northeast. Yeah, for posterity, because I hate when I'm listening to a podcast and they're like, "Yeah, so like right now you're gonna want to use," and I'm like, "What time of year is it? When is what's going on right now?" Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So right now we're in April 
of 2021, like right around the beginning, middle of April 2021. So we're just kind of on the tailwind in the Northeast United States. We're on the tailwind of using uh, shipping um, heat packs mm-hmm. in our boxes because overnight temps are still dropping down into the 30s. And a yeah. lot of people will not ship and they rec- generally recommend not shipping if temperatures overnight are below 32 degrees just because you don't know if the box might be left out on a tarmac in between going from one plane to another or from a plane to a a box truck or if it's going to sit on a box truck that doesn't have heat or something like that. So most people generally do not ship if the overnight temps are below 32 degrees. And then they generally recommend not shipping if your daytime temps are over, I think it's like 85 degrees. 85 or 90, yeah. 89 degrees. Uh, if you're over, if your daytime temps are over 89 degrees, you generally don't want to ship. Even if you're using a cold pack, you know they only last so long. Mm-hmm. People also use the the Phase 22 cryo packs, and those work pretty well as well. But you kind of have to gauge it. You have to use your better judgment. If you're new to it, I recommend reaching out to someone who is more experienced in shipping and seeing what you would want to do with your heat packs or with your cool packs, your your freezer packs or whatever. Um, And then it also depends on the species because, uh, you know, a tiger salamander or a newt is going to be able to tolerate a cool temp drop much better than some of the other species of, uh, of snakes or or things like that yeah yeah and it's important to note too as rob was just talking about um using a styrofoam insulated box um a lot of times um places like i believe shippy reptiles you can get your shipping supplies directly directly from from shippy reptiles which is absolutely wonderful and it's not the only place you can get your shipping materials from but i mean it's it doesn't get much better than an all one-stop shop get your shipping supply and then be able to ship and your label the animals and your label and, and all that yeah. stuff um you know i'll i'll shout out um tsk uh supply yep um because that's that's where i've gotten all my <clears throat> all my boxes and and deli cups and and all that stuff for for years um dan and colette they're absolutely wonderful um and snake bags and and all all that stuff you know um but there's there's certainly plenty of uh, of places to get that and um you know i think one one of the things we'll we'll touch on too is like shipping rates so shipping rates have have certainly changed oh my dramatically Atlanta. oh my dramatically. goodness um you know and um it's it's important to to note too um especially from a a business side right when you're not just talking about oh yeah you know i ship one animal a month and it's no big deal and i spend you know forty dollars on all my materials and that's basically everything i need for the entire year because i don't ship out a whole lot of snakes um but you know when you have especially if you know shipping rates and you're like well so it seems like they're they're shipping you know their shipping prices are expensive and it's like well you know you're not just taking into account the the shipping itself you're taking into account the cost of the box the cost of the snake bag the cost of the heat pack and like Mm -hmm. all these little things that that add up um you know especially when you're talking about you know somebody might be shipping 20 30 boxes a day or or more or anything that's just a substantial number because that that stuff adds up oh so after a while you know boxes aren't so quickly yeah (laughs) yeah boxes are not cheap bags are not free uh you know shredded paper even like Mm -hmm. unless you're getting donated shredded paper from somebody uh it's not free all that stuff costs something and we are we are constantly trying to keep everything within you know a lot of people are going to say well you know just factor that into your cost and if you are selling thousand dollar ball pythons sure you might be able to do that if you're selling 45 dollar crested geckos or you know 50 dollar leopard geckos or something you know 20 dollar tarantulas yeah that it's hard to justify matters yeah. like that extra dollar counts so much and like the uh the sh- when i first started doing things I didn't really know how to order from some of those companies. And I don't even know what those companies were making shipping supplies back then. Mm. I had to make all my own boxes. So what I had to do was go to Walmart or FedEx or Staples uh, Staples or or something and buy a box. And then I would go to Home Depot and buy these long sheets of styrofoam. (laughs) And I would hand cut Mm -hmm. pieces of styrofoam 
to fit inside of the box perfectly, which like it takes you so long and you get styrofoam everywhere and it's terrible and horrible. And I would, I, I can't believe I did that for so long. (laughs) Why? Um, But that's what I did. Like literally to make sure that I had a styrofoam insulated box, I would make my own styrofoam insulated box. And, you know, that takes time to do. And, you know, if you're not getting it directly from these supply supply places that have made it pre-cut and everything, you're investing that time, which is your time is money. Mm -hmm. So it, it is something that you need to take into consideration when it comes to shipping things. And then one of the things that's become more like widely accepted now because of the pandemic. So 2020 really messed everything up, like just about everything in the country just messed it all up. And before that, you know, FedEx was like busy, but they were, they're pretty good. Like you could pretty consistently expect them to hit their delivery times and everything's going to be cool. Mm -hmm. No big deal. After the quarantine, the initial quarantine happened, everyone stopped going to the store to buy most of their things that they buy. So FedEx experienced this explosion of people ordering things online and getting it shipped next day or two day or whatever through FedEx. So their volume in the beginning, like beginning middle of 2021 or sorry, 2020 went like quadrupled and they could not handle the amount of product that was being shipped through their service. So at the beginning of the pandemic, if you were shipping live animals, I, we stopped doing it for a while or mm-hmm. just completely stopped shipping. And we were like, no, we for can't. a few it's months, not, it's not safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and what we saw for people who were shipping animals was that they would get delayed. Uh, they would get lost in shipment for sometimes days at a time. And the, they would not always like the box would not always arrive safe. Like it would just get crushed or, or, you know, marked up or whatever. And that is just like incredibly stressful. And so one of the things that's become more popular since then is having your package held at the nearest FedEx hub to your location. If you're the person receiving the animal, so you can pick it up directly from FedEx. And that allows you to pick the package up at like nine, as soon as they open in the morning, like I went and picked up some snakes was that yesterday? Yesterday. Yep. And I showed up at 9 a.m. They opened up the doors of FedEx. I walked inside, picked up my snakes, and left. Uh, as opposed to when a snake or when a reptile gets to a FedEx hub, usually if you're having it directed direct, if you're having it sent directly to your home, they're going to take it from the plane, set it down, have it sorted in a sorting facility had it sent out to sit on a truck then that truck has to go through its route and hopefully it gets to you in the early part of the day mm-hmm. and they used to guarantee it before 10 30 since covid they've said 12 o'clock noon in air quotes mm-hmm. and that means whenever it gets to you and i've yeah. literally seen packages not delivered until five Four or five o'clock yeah six p.m easy so they're sitting on a truck you got to figure you would have been able to pick it up at 9 a.m so they're packed they're put on the truck right around 8 9 a.m from 8 a.m until 5 p.m they're sitting on a truck getting bounced around whatever temperatures you're experiencing. So as we're coming into the summertime, sitting on a hot truck because the back of the trucks generally do not have air conditioning, mm-hmm. um, just experiencing whatever temperature that the driver is going through. And if they are sitting in an area where there's got direct sunlight into the back of the truck or like on the side of the truck or whatever, um, it, it can definitely be stressful to ship in those situations. So I have been encouraging people uh, and it's kind of like we've, kind of pushed it you really need to pick your animal up from your nearest hub like i get it extenuating circumstances some people are an hour away from their nearest hub but most people are not more than 20 to 30 minutes from their hub uh your nearest hub to wherever you live so taking that 20 minute drive or arranging for someone to pick it up for you is super important when it comes to the safety of the animal and i've found that it it makes things much more likely to go smoothly than if you choose to have it delivered directly to your home. That's very true. And I'll acknowledge the fact that uh, Limey Smidger is in the house. Hello, Limey. How are you? He's, he's poking fun at me because the last time he shipped me a snake, I told him to ship it right to nerd. Yep. 
And uh, <clears throat> the reason is mm-hmm. because uh, more often than not, businesses take priority on delivery routes, especially when there's like a, it needs to be there by a certain time. Usually businesses take priority on that. And for the most part, <clears throat> except for a short period of time where our like peak pandemic and closures and everything, we were getting our delivery super late. Um, 3, 4 p.m. <clears throat> yeah, recently now they've been they've been arriving by noon. Yeah. which is which is perfect yeah makes it a lot easier but i remember and then also some fedex drivers oh man i don't want to say <laughs> bad about them <laughs> but when i lived in maine uh, my fedex driver was i don't know if he was just like afraid they didn't want to touch the box or whatever but there was times where i was sitting at home right in my living room and they would like come up and then like gently knock on the door they're like and then run away run and away. leave a note on the door that was like, I tried to deliver it. Sorry, I couldn't deliver it. And I was like, I have been sitting in my, like, I must have not been looking out the window at that particular 10 seconds because I've been yeah. staring out my window waiting for this package to come for the last two hours. <laughs> I wake up because where I was, I was like really close to Portland. So mm-hmm. that was really close to the sorting <laughs> facility. So they would get there at like 9 a.m. Usually packages are delivered, you know, previously they were guaranteed by 10 30 a.m so i would expect it like around 10 between when i lived in massachusetts is usually like between 10 and 11 is when it would generally get delivered yeah but because i was so close to the hub they would deliver super early so like i've had them deliver at like nine o'clock before um and so i was like man this driver sucks they, they're terrible and i just I, w- I was so bummed because I would just sit there and stare out my window and they would, sometimes they wouldn't even knock. They would just come up and slap the note on the door and just walk away. And I would run out and be like, Hey, don't leave. That's a live animal on your thing. Yeah. And generally if they attempt to deliver and you're not there or you're not, you don't answer the door or whatever, you are not able to pick that animal up until the end of their route, which can be anywhere from 5 PM to 10 PM on some of the drivers who have longer routes. Yeah. And sometimes you can't even pick it up until the next day. So it's, yeah. It's Cause very, then the hub is closed Then the hub is closed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. super important to take all these things into consideration when you're thinking about uh, receiving an animal as well as shipping an animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's also, it's important to note, um, you know, cause we, we certainly witnessed it all, all over the place, taking into consideration, not just the temperatures in your area, but temperatures in the destination area and, and along the route, yeah, along the route. Um, you know, I mean, as of late, uh, there's been a lot of issues um, down at the Memphis hub with extreme weather and yes. then getting backlogged with with stuff, you know. So one of the great things with Ship Your Reptiles is that they send all their uh, account holders alerts. Um, so if ever there's like a, hey, impending bad weather near this hub, you know, if you're shipping towards that side of the country take into consideration take it, yeah maybe don't ship or you know be cautious shipping or you know we suggest you just don't, don't ship, ship you know man if and you yeah if you're not 100 percent there like just just don't do it. wait wait, wait another not, day wait another couple days it's, it's not the end of the not world worth it um yeah. you know i and I'll, I'll go off on a quick story tangent really quickly just talking about like shipping during poor weather i think i've talked about this once or twice um on the podcast which was uh years ago getting in some carpet pythons um like in the in winter which we were cool you know temperatures were fair for for winter in the in the northeast but um out of nowhere it was like snowstorm Mm. and uh and the animals were were delayed and held up and we were like on the phone with fedex uh, the shipper was on the phone with FedEx and it was like this constant battle to get the package to us. And uh, the the package went days before it mm. arrived. And uh, amazingly, the snakes were alive. Carpet's like, we're just we're just cool. Yeah, the car. It was carpet pythons. And, and I got them and they were like limp. And I was like, oh, my God, they're dead. And out of the corner of my eye, I noticed that one like twitched his tail and I was like, no way. And we, you know, slowly warmed them back up. But uh, but that was one of those like crazy moments being on the receiving end. You know, I, I wasn't even shipping and shipping the animal, but like we were all good to go. And then this storm came out of nowhere and like totally messed it up. And uh, but my the FedEx driver that dropped off the package did the exact same thing. It was like, 
and then gone, ran, like yeah. ran away. Like it, I uh, ran from my couch to the door, which is maybe 25 feet. Mm-hmm. And they were gone, like in the car driving away. And I was like, I mean, all I'm going to say is if you're running that much, somebody warned you that we were going to be really, really mad. mad yeah. <laughs> Cause I was also very ready to, to ream that person, a new, new asshole just because yeah, i was that frustrated yeah it wasn't, wasn't their, their fault, fault but i was just that frustrated at fedex that they were gonna get the wrath and then maybe would have gotten an apology letter later or or not see i call and i ask for that i'm like i want to go higher than this driver because the driver is i know the driver is like i just i just got the package yeah. and i'm here to bring it over yeah. but the fact that he ran made me mad that would make, that would make <laughs> me really mad that, that would make me like, upset man Ugh. Who tipped you off? Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Who Oof. tipped you off? On the flip side, though, when I was still living in Western Mass, we had the same uh, driver on our route for the longest time. And she brought me a package one time and uh, she was like, oh, you know, what you got in there? She says, live, live animals. What you got in there? So I was like, oh, yeah, reptiles, you know, I work with reptiles and whatever. And she was like, man, can I clock out for my lunch right now? Because I want to see what's in that box. Oh, and I was awesome. like, I was like, hell Yeah. <laughs> and uh anytime i ordered a new snake she would come like if we were supposed to get it at 10 uh, 30 she would come at like 11 15 so that she could take her lunch <laughs> and see what was in the box and i was like you know what i'm cool with that, I'm cool with that. i'm cool with that because she probably actually took care of the box too and like yeah she did she always had it right right, right next, next to her, her. Yeah. yeah right next to her yeah. in in the in the, the the cabin of the car uh yeah 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 that's that's cool when you get a cool fedex driver like that it's going to be all right. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, because a lot of times I see them, they'll be carrying the box upside down. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Can't you read? Yeah, There's big red arrows on the side of that box facing the other direction. Yeah, and then some people are like, well, why are you so upset? It's just a, a snake it's in a, a box. box. And yeah. it's like, okay, but what if there's a heat pack in that box and the snake is now sitting? Because most people tape, like when I sh- ship with a heat pack, mm-hmm. I tape it to the top of the box. So yeah. The snake is not sitting directly or the reptile is not sitting directly on it. Because if it's sitting directly on it, you can't control how close it gets through the heat pack. Right. Usually what I'll do is I'll put a little bit of stuffing at the bottom, put the reptile in, put a bunch of stuffing on top, and then heat pack on the top so that it's got some dispersal of um, space between it. So it allows it to not get directly onto that heat pack. And uh, if you flip the box upside down, now it's going to completely press the reptile against that heat pack or if you're using it during the summertime a cold pack and you don't want them to be anywhere near those temperature extremes so you you definitely don't want to do that and i want to say shout out to all the people who bought borneos for me this past year and carbon pythons and stuff because you know i didn't have anyone who was like impatient and like you need to ship it right now everyone just was like nope you know whenever you feel is safe to do so ship it out then I don't want to risk this animal. They, they showed like high level of emotional intelligence saying, you know, I know that I'm excited, but, you know, and that's the best thing that you can do is, you know, trust your shipper. If you are not an experienced person in receiving a reptile, trust the person who is experienced in shipping them to mm. say, hey, look, temperatures don't look good this week or it looks like there's a storm system coming through here. So things might get delayed. You know, be patient because they want the animal to get safely to you as much as you want to get the animal safely to you. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said it earlier in the in the chat here on on, uh, on YouTube. We've been spoiled by Amazon overnight shipping. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, this is this is the truth. We need to go on tangent on this right now because screw Uh-oh. nerd. We have had so many people who have bought things on like a Saturday night into Sunday morning at like three a.m. and then on Sunday afternoon they're like, "Where is my snake?" And I'm like, uh, "There's no shipping places that ship on Sunday. It's it's still here at our facility." And then they get all upset. Well, it's been a day. I paid for overnight shipping, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, I know you did. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah, everybody does. Uh, <laughs> but you still can't ship when a shipping business is closed. Sorry, pal. I know that you think that you're special. I know that you got but you're not. an award from your parents that said number one son. <laughs> even though you were the third born. Oh, but, no. <laughs> no. But <laughs> listen. Uh, so most shipping places recommend shipping on either Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, reason, and this is information that is pertinent to, again, April, 
2021. This is how most places are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. If that changes in the future, I'm sorry. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I ship on blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's the past. We're talking about currently right now. Yeah. Most places are recommending not shipping on Mondays. Uh, mm-hmm. FedEx and most shipping places are trying to catch up on stuff from Sunday where they were not open and not running. So Mondays can get kind of hectic for them. But usually... By Tuesday, Wednesday, they're able to catch up on things, uh, allows them to be able to move those packages through the system much more efficiently. And then they generally don't recommend shipping on Thursday or Friday. Uh, The main reason is because if there are delays on a uh, Thursday for Friday shipment, a lot of times they will just say, okay, we'll try it the next delivery day, which is generally Monday. So you'll have an animal stuck at a FedEx facility wherever on a shelf someplace from days yeah from thursday afternoon until monday morning which is not ideal not what you're going for yeah and uh although fedex does offer the option to have saturday deliveries generally if you need that to happen it's an extra hundred dollars. I think it's 75 to 125 dollars extra to have that saturday delivery yeah so if you're not willing to pay that or if that's not something you're planning on doing, just don't uh, honestly yeah, just, just wait. Don't just wait. Just wait. Yeah, Ship on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, if you are someone who works a full time job, like I get it. I work two full time jobs, so it's not always easy to set up a day to ship animals out or to receive animals more to receive for me. Is, is a little bit tough, but if you've got, you know, if you ask a person, Hey, look, I need two weeks notice. Like until my job, Hey, I'm going to come in late this day uh, because I need to pick up this animal. Most places are willing to give you that. Hey, yeah. or you can do it on your break or whatever. Just uh, try and be safe about it. You know, you don't want to try and risk the animal because this is an animal's life that you've got in the balance here. Right. Is what we're talking about. Yeah. That's, that literally is the most important thing. And, it, and it's crazy that sometimes we have to like, reconfirm that notion with certain customers yeah. you know they get, they get so frustrated that they haven't received their animal for one reason or another and it's like we don't want this animal to die mm-hmm. because it gets stuck on a shelf somewhere or because the box gets lost because shipping is hectic and for everybody who's like well i work in the shipping department i know how this works you know how it works or you might have an idea of how it works, but you don't know how it all works. Yeah, we've it's, literally seen the FedEx leave boxes out on a tarmac for days. Yeah. Like days at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how? How do you even do that? How? Yeah. How is that a thing? Mm-hmm. And if you're not prepared for the worst, uh, the worst can happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so and, and part of this that uh, I don't know if we'll, we'll go into a whole lot of detail, but if you are someone who's doing shipping especially if you are a, a business owner or an up and coming hobbyist breeder it's uh it's very important to have your terms of service spelled out when it comes to shipping and uh if you're going to offer like a live arrival guarantee and the stipulations of that in case something like this happens mm-hmm. just so you're covered and you know in the instance of somebody trying to to pull a fast one on you for something especially if it's something that is out of your control uh it's it's important to do i know like places like morph market there's there are literally sections if you are a seller on morph market where you can put your terms of service um and if you don't have any you just kind of like adopt the morph market terms of service for for a lot of stuff um but you know it's it's important to have those things kind of in place and in mind and not just like written down in a notebook on the side of your computer desk like have it public for For your customers or potential to customers to reference so if something ever happens you know you can tell them like hey look it was it was right here the whole time you know um and like i said that goes for like you know live arrival guarantees or like if an animal arrives doa what does the customer need to do and uh it's important that uh you make it as dummy proof as possible I, I I've dealt with that a lot, like working with website designers and logo designers and stuff like that. You know, you have all these grandiose ideas and, and, you know, and they might be awesome, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, you need it to be as dummy proof as possible, as simple as possible and as plainly spelled out as possible so that there is zero question or, you know, interpretation of what you've written or given to a customer is is not really up for much interpretation it's like hey this is the fact 
this is what it is and you got to deal with it yeah you know and if you're outside those parameters then there's nothing that i can do for you and you know you can pick and choose of course if you have somebody who's like an extenuating circumstance and you want to kind of go above above and beyond for that person that person's been a decent you know of course is there can be exceptions to the rule but you know you need to have that kind of covering yourself yeah yeah the the policies are not there for when everything goes great <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly in case something goes wrong exactly yep that's exactly it um i just want to give a really quick shout out to everybody that is uh that's here watching and hanging out with us live uh on youtube in the chat and uh while we're taking this break we're gonna run a quick (gasps) ad break we are super happy to announce our partnership with oasis exotic enclosures a new startup cage manufacturer based in california matt and steph conard have taken their time developing a wonderful quality product The VS31 enclosure is their flagship model. It's 31 inches by 20 inches by 20 inches. It's perfect for many smaller species of colubrid, boa, python, or even some nocturnal lizards. Made with industrial-grade polyethylene plastic via in-house rotational molding, these cages have the strongest bonds in plastic manufacturing. Each enclosure has molded-in inverted handles on the sides, making moving from one place to another easier than ever. Each cage also has bolt-threaded inserts to allow you to connect cages vertically or secure them to a wall, creating impregnable security for that ever-growing collection. Also, a wonderful addition, the option to receive wall-mounting brackets for your enclosure. That's right, you can attach this cage to any wall in your house at any height you desire. This wonderful patent-pending adaptation provides you the ability to take that cage you have just placed on a table or on the floor up higher without wasting valuable floor space. This also allows you to no longer loom above your pet before entering the enclosure, which is often a high cause of stress. Matt and Steph have just begun their journey into cage manufacturing and have worked to put out a quality product at a comparable price to other companies in the industry. More innovations and designs are forthcoming, and we are excited to see Oasis Exotic Enclosures grow and develop. Please go check them out on Instagram, at Oasis Exotic Enclosures, and on the web at www.oasiscages.com. Boom! So a massive shout out to Oasis Exotic Enclosures for being our sponsor for the next few shows. You can go check them out. All the links will be available in the YouTube video description. And uh, if you're listening to the audio, it is available on the description of the podcast and the audio. Um, So we've talked a lot about just kind of the overall generalized blah, blah, blah of shipping. Um, There's a couple of uh, of even more extremes um, when it, when it comes to what you're, what you're putting in that box, man. Um, you know, I I think we've covered a lot if it comes to like, yeah, you're shipping out like a baby ball python or a little corn snake or a lizard or something like that. Um, but what happens when you need to ship like a 15 foot retic oh. or a sub adult boa or uh, or maybe monitor. maybe a croc monitor? You know, if you got one of those things just kicking around, you decided to sell, oh uh, or maybe even invertebrates. Yes. So uh rob rob handles a lot basically all of that yeah shipping for for nerd so uh so rob you can discuss all of these things and i'm just gonna sit here and make fun faces when he says something that's cringeworthy let me just rant for a second yeah (laughs) if you're about to ship a big lizard you need to trim its nails like hardcore before you put it in a bag or any sort of you know container uh we We've done this before where we've shipped out big lizards before. 99.99% of the time, everything goes smoothly. Uh, we did have a 0.01 situation where we had a croc monitor claw its way out of a box, like clawed its way through two pillowcases, like uh, not a Kevlar, but like a heavy-duty pillowcase, and then yeah. another pillowcase, and then right through the ba- the box, like through the styrofoam and pushing its way out of the box. And we got a call from FedEx. Excuse me, sir. Uh, we have a concerned driver. There is a large lizard climbing out of a box. And, and they were like, oh, crap. Have, come back. Come back to the store. So we had to grab a croc monitor out of the back of a, a, a FedEx truck, which is not good. But yeah. that was a very isolated situation. And yeah. So basically for that, we base, we put it into a, a plastic tote that we sealed you know, with air holes. Don't, don't. 
Yeah, of course not. Don't not airtight. airtight. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> although if you're not using heat packs or cool packs, I've seen a lot of people not use air holes on smaller shipments and have it be fine. I still almost always put an air hole in there just to be on the just safe, to be safe side. Yeah. But I have seen a lot of people do it where they don't put air holes in and have it be okay. But when you're shipping large animals, you definitely want to take into consideration these animals are going to be jostled around a lot. Uh, you know, people might drop the box. They might, you know, not handle it as gently as you'd hope that they would. So you want to pick a box that's kind of tight. You don't want them to have all this space to jostle around mm. um, because the more space, the more possibility it is for injuries for them. If they have got lots of stuffing around them and you make a nice little cocoon right around them, it, it makes it a lot safer for them than if you were to take, you know, say a six foot snake and put it in a giant, you know, whatever, 30 inch box. It's, you know, you might think that you're doing the right thing. But in reality, the amount of space that's in there that it is able to jostle around is going to be tougher on the snake during shipment than if you had gone with something a little bit smaller where they fit a little bit tighter. And so all things that you need to take into consideration, if you've got animals that can be potentially dangerous, always consider double bagging them. Mm-hmm. Always use proper <clears throat> labels on your box and label what genus and species that you're working with in the Latin and the common name. You know, you want to make sure that it's easily identifiable. I usually do that on the bags themselves as well, so that not only on the box, but also on the bag, it denotes what exactly is inside the bag. So if there's any sort of confusion from, you know, I've had packages inspected by Florida Fishing Game or the Fish and Wildlife Commission. Mm -hmm. I've gone right into some of the boxes that I've gotten out of Florida, and then they put a piece of tape on the top that was like, inspected by florida fish and wildlife commission bastards yeah i'm not gonna i don't want to get onto that that's, 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 a, topic. that's a whole different that's a different episode yeah very um, different episode <laughs> but uh you know you want to clearly denote what is going on in those packages you want to make sure that it is easily accessible and understandable for the person receiving the animal and then you you know you can use a variety of different things when it comes to what you're using for like your quote-unquote stuffing inside of the box I like to use uh, shredded paper is works really well. So if you've got yes. a paper shredder and you've got documents or newspapers or blah, 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 whatever that you need to shred up, I like using that. That's currently what we use the most at Nerd. Uh, one of the other things we've used in the past that I actually really, really like is uh, tissue paper. We got mm-hmm. like we buy rolls of paper. And so we've gotten a couple rolls of this like thin tissuey kind of paper. And I love using that as stuffing. It holds its form fairly well, especially if you're using a decent amount of it. It helps disperse the heat throughout the box fairly evenly. Mm -hmm. And I really like that paper when it comes to using as stuffing. I have also gone, and this is a little bit more expensive, but you can buy like a teddy bear stuffing or like pillow stuffing and use that as well and that Mm. works great too but it's just more expensive so it's just like an added cost on top of the box and the bag and the blah 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 the label and all that sort of stuff so if you're doing it on a small scale and you've got a good you know profit margin it might be worth it for you to check that out but honestly there's no real reason to do it aside from it looks nice and it works pretty good. Uh, most of the time shredded paper works just as good. Yep. And uh, you know, it has not let me down yet. So it definitely works really well. You know, you got to take into consideration what you're shipping. I generally will ship amphibians in cups or delis with uh, sphagnum moss. That's been dampened, but not wet. I'll do snakes of various sizes in either bags or really small snakes will do in containers like deli cups that have been mm. taped shut with with air holes in them so that they uh, aren't jostled around too too much big snakes you're going to want to use big snake bags uh, often double bagged for a lot of those bigger animals just in case because they're strong as heck you mean i can't use a deli cup for my 15 foot retic they don't make deli I cups would that big love to see a deli cup that big it basically be like a kiddie pool pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be interesting because when i show up to fedex with a giant box they're always like is this another 16 foot long snake and i'm like yep <laughs> <laughs> sorry they're like the last time i showed up with a big box they're like the last one hissed at us and i was like yeah be gentle with it <laughs> yeah yeah that means you put it on its side <laughs> yeah. uh, i mean probably though yeah probably yep, yep. 
<laughs> and then invertebrates, uh, arachnids, insects, you're going to want to use uh, vials most likely. Uh, that is a much more involved process than taking a snake and putting it in a bag. Uh, a lot of tarantulas are very fragile. Scorpions are a little bit more durable. Centipedes are a little bit more durable. But generally for like uh, tarantulas and spiders, you need to take a vial, take paper towels, make a cocoon on the inside of the vial so that, you know, you can fit a finger in there and it's cushioned on all sides. I usually spray it once or twice just to make it a little bit damp and soft. You don't want it to be hard because the thing with arachnids like spiders and tarantulas is that their abdomens are made of skin. And so if they hit a hard surface, they rupture and they'll die. So it's very important that you are like, extra cautious with spiders as opposed to you know the snakes and everything because you know people when so when you bring your package to fedex you've carried it gingerly you've you've cushioned it you seat belted it into your car you are making sure that you carry it very gently and place it right side up on the counter when you're talking to the fedex guy as soon as they bring it to the back room for their sorting facility, that box gets chucked up against the wall and like thrown onto a belt that is yeah. like moving really quickly and then chucked <laughs> off the end of the belt into a pile of boxes. And then they take that box and throw it onto the plane and another guy grabs it and throws it to another guy who stacks it all up in the plane and all this. So you have to take into consideration that that is how they are handling your package. So you need to make sure that everything is very well cushioned out i just imagine <laughs> i just imagine the guy right behind the door when it, the door closes like heaves the box to another guy that's got like a, one of those old school wiffle ball bats oh. just <laughs> like another spider guy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly did you hear they're shipping inverts today oh call jimmy he's got a good one yeah. <laughs> the other way i stepped away from the mic for that one sorry guys yeah. <laughs> terrible but, uh, terrible terrible that's that's kind of the reality that you got to face uh, when it comes to to shipping live animals uh, yeah these are this is just another box for them they just need to get it there as quickly as possible so they are not always yeah. going to be the most gentle with it hey that that ball python that i had ordered the other day the uh uh who was it down in zoo creatures who brought it into me because i was in a meeting with them with one of the other managers and they handed me the box and they were like yeah the guy grabbed out of the box and then like flipped it yeah. into the right like upright mm. and i was like oh oh no no that's bum, terrible bum, bum. oh no <laughs> i haven't done one of those on the podcast in a while <laughs> oh my god amazing amazing but yeah it is important to note that uh not every person that box comes in contact with uh is going to treat it with the same delicate care that uh that you will yeah yeah and the thing with uh, the arachnids a lot of people and insects people are generally consider two-day shipping to be okay with them because as long as you make those packages super cushioned they can kind of do whatever and they don't need a whole lot of oxygen so like comparatively compared to reptiles and amphibians and whatever you know i've literally seen people take decent sized tarantulas like make it curl up into like a little tiny ball and then wrap it with paper towel and then in a in a vial and so to the point where like it can't move and i was amazed that they fit like a tarantula like yeah like, yeah three yeah inches across in like a vial that's like an inch and a half across and i was like there is no way my tarantula is in there and then i pull it out and boom it's in there and it's alive and i'm like how did it breathe there's like no air in there at all and the thing's perfectly fine and so oh, there's air there was, I guess <laughs> there, was a, there was enough air for the tarantula because yeah. the thing was fine and so uh, you know, I've, I've shipped out tarantulas before and for babies, a lot of people use the straw method where they take a like Dunkin' Donut straw, like one of the thick ones, the ones that are really wide mm -hmm. and you cut it into a section, plug up one end with a uh, piece of paper towel and then you wet it a little bit so it expands in the end. And then some people will put air holes in, in the straw along the, the length of it. Some people don't, uh, you don't really have to. And, um, and then, you know, get the tarantula into the straw, plug up the other end, wet it down so it expands, and then ship that straw in a container or whatever. When you're shipping a lot of baby tarantulas, it's a lot easier than doing a bunch of vials and stuff. I remember getting in that that order of, oh of straws. Oh, 50 straws. And, like, <laughs> and I was oh. like, what is all of that? Why did we get inch and a half long straw sections? <laughs> and then, yeah. 
boop, out popped a spider, and I was like, oh, that's what all of those are, isn't it? Spiders, <laughs> yeah. And then I've I've shipped out tarantulas before like that, and um, you know, I didn't put air holes in the straw, mm. but they they had like it was like a quarter inch or half inch tarantula in like a three inch long straw so we had plenty of air in it. and the, the customer emailed me they're like the tarantula is dead it didn't have enough air and i'm like if you only knew it had plenty of air what i think happened was when they were on like pulling the ends of the straws out they they didn't um they didn't pull straight like they tried to grab it and they pushed it in and they squished the spider instead uh. yeah which is a bummer because they were i mean they were really like upset and i was like i get that you're upset but I've shipped like hundreds of tarantulas and I've never had an issue. And <laughs> I don't think that your one package was the one that I messed up. <laughs> yeah. Saying. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. And then it's like, you got to, you know, treat the customer with respect, but, uh, you know, Do you? You, I, as a business, yeah. I have to. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think it's funny. I, I heard a thing the other day that was like, <clears throat> The customers were always right. Are they? Are they always right? You've somehow become benevolent. Uh, benevolent now. You're now perfect. You're impervious <laughs> to being wrong because you're shopping. Is that right? And it's like, <laughs> wow, that person's absolutely right. They, yeah. you're not some magic being now that you went shopping. But yeah, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, all to save the Yelp review. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I have not read a Yelp review in many years. Yeah. It ain't it ain't all it's hyped up to be. I would love to see what they got under Rob is creeping it real. They're like, he's a nice This guy. guy's creeping it real. He's a nice guy, but man, he's creepy. <laughs> and you're like, yes, it's on brand. On brand, damn on it. On brand. Three stars, and I'm taking it. I'll take it. <laughs> That's three out of three, baby. <laughs> yeah. Or five, but or it's five. okay. <laughs> or five. I only have three fingers, so <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, so there's plenty to take into consideration when you're shipping a bunch of different stuff. So, um we would uh we would implore you guys if uh if you're getting ready to ship uh your maybe your first animals or your uh breeding uh stuff for the first time and and thinking about what you need to do for shipping. We should touch on that real quick. Yes. If you are planning on breeding your reptiles, just know that you are most likely going to have to ship at least yes. one of your offspring. Very true. So if it's something that you're not familiar with, get yourself familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, Please. exactly. Um, check out places, again, like we've already mentioned, shipyourreptiles.com. Um, they've got a million wonderful resources on their website to, to get you through the shipping process. Um, they've bags. They've got tutorial <clears throat> videos. They get everything. everything everything it's it's a wonderful one-stop resource um for for anybody from shipping <clears throat> from the novice shipper all the way to people who've been shipping and are shipping hundreds of packages a week um so go check that out <clears throat> also you can check out places again like tsk uh for shipping supplies as well and uh and we've also mentioned a bunch of other wonderful shipping uh, third-party shipping companies that you mm -hmm. can check out as well um so yeah go check that stuff out it's super super important and um, of course there's always going to be things that that pop up and and uh and cause little blips on the map uh, along the way and um you know tackle it when you get to it exactly exactly be prepared and you're you're good to go. Yeah. It's overall, it's not that stressful. Yeah, it's, it's just not. stressful the first hundred times that you do it. Yeah, <laughs> after you know when you get to a hundred and one, you don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Rob stopped thinking about it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I ship stuff out now, honestly, <laughs> I, I don't even think about it anymore. It's like I I hand it to FedEx and I'm like, okay, I can go have dinner now. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I although I you know what I do appreciate as someone who sells reptiles is when um when i send a snake out and the customer when they receive it they send you an email or an something email or a picture yep. or a message or whatever and they're like hey yep. um i i got the animal it's safe thank you so much and it's like yep. boom i like that i'll usually go like what i shipped a few things out um a little earlier this year and uh if i didn't get a message back from somebody i would send them an email and just be like hey i just want to make sure the animal got there because i don't want to hear something you know 48 hours later that something was wrong yeah um so i just want to check now make sure everything's good make sure you got the animal whatever whatever 
and uh and yeah it was all good people were just oh yeah yeah it's fine Mm-hmm. Like, okay, oh, this good? I'm yeah. cool with the no news is good news, yeah. but I like the confirmation yeah. that it's all good just so that nothing pops up and tries to surprise me later on because yeah. that's just no, I'll pass. <laughs> so with that, Rob. Yes, I literally am pulling it up right now. I want to make sure I get the person's account right. Okay. I just started following someone on Instagram and man, they posted the coolest video of this little rhino viper and I was like, Hey, okay. Well, hopefully it loads in in the correct amount of time. So, Rob, what in the realm of reptiles, be it something in your own collection, something at Nerd, or something you've seen online, what in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles? Oh, boy. Hold on. It's still loading. It's still loading. I'm sorry, Jeremy. I just saw. Hold on. I, I, he was I'll unprepared, right everybody. Now. I was. I was unprepared. <laughs> I um, I think he might have thought he was going to get me. No, I, I knew that oh, this okay. was coming. Okay. I was coming. <laughs> I, I'm just unprepared. Damn. Okay, it is this account. Okay. So this person has like 50,000 Instagram followers. Her name is Olivia Lundborg. And they just posted a really cute video of a baby rhino viper and it's like huffing and puffing and rhino vipers like super colorful and pretty and everything and they're like one of my favorite species of venomous snakes and so just seeing that little rhino viper i was just like oh that's so cool but they do this really nice macro photography of venomous snakes oh that's very nice and like just amazing photography i wish i was this good at, at photography i'm good but not that good um but check them out their instagram account is severus underscore snake so it's s-e-v-e-r-u-s underscore snakes and they, like right now they got about fifty thousand instagram followers so go check them out That's i really awesome. appreciate their photography it's really good and they've got some really cool species on there and chloroecus i see on there some naja rhino vipers hey. I, I love it check it out I dig it. So, Jeremy, what in the realm of reptiles got you excited? Oh, about I wasn't expecting you to ask. I me. saw your little baby racks you got set up. I do have some baby racks set up. I'm pretty, pretty geeked about that. <laughs> Literally, just because I don't have room in my other baby racks <laughs> for this year's babies, I had to go buy more baby racks <laughs> just because I've got too many holdbacks. Wow, how many? Hold yeah, Rob. Rob hasn't quite. He's he's gotten close to where the racks are full, but then doesn't have anything else to hatch. So, yeah, and then I think I've got one clutch that's in the works right now, and then yeah, he don't, maybe, he don't know. Maybe one more clutch. No, one of them just ovulated. Know. I know he that's happening. No, the other one, the the one that I'm most excited about. I'm I'm not. I don't want to get excited because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself, but. Yeah, things are looking good, so I'm pretty yeah. excited for that. So that would be cool. Hey. That'd be cool. All right, Rob. If people want to follow you and find out more things about you, where can they go? If you want to see some dank memes, check me out on Instagram. <laughs> Look at my Instagram story. Uh, Rob is creeping it real. I'm on TikTok now. I made a TikTok Woo! because people have been bugging me to make a TikTok, and so I've been uh, making uh, TikTok videos because I'm an old person. And I don't know how to TikTok. I feel like I'm saying it too much right now. Um, what? But what are you saying? Thing, Rob is creeping it real on TikTok. On uh, what? Rob, on the TikTok. On the talk. I'm a talker. You're talking, bro. I'm talker. Damn. On a podcast. It's like, sorry, I have to do it. When uh, Barcheck came up to nerd and was trying to tell Kevin about TikTok, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Dude, you're not on the talk." Uh, and I was like, "What did Brian just say?" Uh... <laughs> We're going to give you some crap about that, Brian. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> it's it's fun. Uh, I I put up some, you know, some metal videos and some snake videos. And I like it. So I Boom. honestly I like it for the um, the ambient music stuff. Like I just like like nice soft piano music. And they've got a lot of that that you can put to your videos. And I was like, I like this. I could, I like that. So I'm on TikTok, Rob is creeping a reel. I'm on Instagram, Rob is creeping a reel. Don't add me on Facebook, but check me out on YouTube at Rob is creeping a reel. I don't know if it's at, but my account name is Rob is creeping a reel. So everything, everywhere, Rob is creeping a reel. I'm creeping a reel. Jeremy, if you want to find out more about you, what are they, where are they going to go? Uh, you can go to, you can go to my Facebook, uh, Instagram, and YouTube at Brassman Reptiles. Find me all over the place. Check out his new there. 
super striped Borneo short tail python. Yes. I want to eat them. Yes, it is. So Tracy was very correct with the seven peppers. <laughs> <laughs> she was very correct. That picture literally was after like 15 consistent back-to-back strikes like launching itself off wow. of my table and I'm like and I'm not moving mm-hmm. like it's there and I have the camera up and I'm just like waiting for it to focus and it's just losing its ever-loving Cookies. mind yeah and I was like it's it's gonna be all right little guy like I don't know what else to tell you it's it's gonna be all right it's gonna be all right so but you, I'm deal. stoked about it you need to breed him to something really really, really tame mellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know what's funny is I was like Oh, I got I gotta breed it to the to the VPI striped ultra. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, she's not that great either. No, like <laughs> you have some angry babies. Oh my lanta. So I'm like, I still want to do that, but at the same time, I'm like, it's gonna be a demon clutch. <laughs> yeah. You need to incubate them at like 83 degrees, just like keep yeah. it cool. Low and just and pet slow. the eggs. The whole pet time. the eggs. Talk, open it up, just talk to them. I yeah, love you it's guys. okay. I'm speaking positive energy into your existence yeah. in the universe. Play a little Beethoven. I love you. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> and they they come out of the egg and they're like, Papa. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just hatch out ball pythons, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on right yeah. now? Oh, I swapped your eggs. I put the other ones in the 90 degree incubator. Yeah. You- no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh all right guys that wraps up this thank this you for tuning episode. in everybody we'll see you Appreciate next week you. who are we talking with next week rob uh uh it's a surprise do you not remember no i remember oh, okay it's all a right. surprise we're gonna keep it a surprise yeah okay all right we're keeping it a surprise so wednesday next week you want to check it out because we're going to be having a really awesome oh, conversation man. with a really awesome person yeah maybe so. check check out on instagram we'll post on our instagram at reptile.talk Ooh. who it's going to be only fans yeah that too only on check only it out. fans yeah you'll oh, only oh, get yeah. the heads up if you're on yeah. our only fans you can follow us on only fans boom check it out reptile talk see you next time see you guys